Welcome to the UK Fantasy Football Show, Goal's brand new weekly podcast that discusses many of football fans' favourite pastime. Listeners, if you want to share your Premier League fantasy football tips, predictions or abuse, you can contact us by tweeting hashtag UKFFS. I'm your host of Sorts Miles, Dave has returned after a week off, and while there's no Sam this week, we are joined by Goal's Liverpool correspondent, Neil Jones. Hi guys. Hello Miles. Thanks for the very warm Yorkshire welcome on Yorkshire Day. <laughs> it is oh, Yorkshire course, Day, yeah. day recording. Yorkshire Day, yeah. Uh, so I want to start this episode by encouraging listeners to join our Fantasy Football League. You can test your metal against us all season long. The code to type in is NHC4WZ. Now last week we had the gold reigning Fantasy Football champion Stiv on the show. Uh, one of the tweets we got since the last episode was, with picks such as Danny Drinkwater, Fabian Delph and Olivier Giroud this year, I'm inclined to believe his success in last season was the Leicester moment. And I think I agree too. But Dave, did uh, did Steve's team make you feel a bit better about your oh, team? Oh yeah, massively. I loved listening to him getting laid into uh, over some of his selections. But I believe in Steve to a degree. I think some of his selections will pay off. Not Danny Drinkwater. Maybe though. not Danny Drinkwater, <laughs> no. But having listened to the podcast last week, I then brought Delph into my team right. as well. Uh, I can see a bit of logic in that. I don't mind the Delph one too much. I can. Why? I, well, right. Okay, here we okay. go. He's, you're, you're looking going for the yellow card bonus. Yeah. <laughs> isn't he going to play in midfield for Everton? And he's down as a defender as well. So he's kind of... I guess it depends on if he plays consistently. I think he's got value if he plays They'll consistently. They'll play him, won't they? I would have thought so. Yeah, I mentioned this the other week. 5.5 million. So that's not a lot of money either, really. I was bigging him up the other week and you didn't seem keen, but you've come around then. I have come around, yeah. Like I say, he's gone in. Yorkshire Day, obviously. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's a... A former Bradford City player, isn't he? Which I don't really like, but uh, or he was a Bradford City junior, I think. But yeah, it's um, to be honest, one of the teams that I've kind of identified as having a fairly good run in at the start of the season is Everton. So again, he's another Everton player to squeeze into the team. Um, I'm not saying he's going to last the season, but I like to see how, he's, how he gets on. There must uh, again, he's moving from Man City, where he was featuring on and off, to a team where you would think that he was kind of part of the negotiations of him joining was that he was going to feature a little bit more than he did for Man City. <laughs> Surely, you know. You'd hope so. You'd hope, I mean, he's just, he's a very non-fantasy league player, isn't he? <laughs> That's just, a, you know, he's a very, he does a lot miles away from the goal. And if you're talking about five and a half million, would you pay five and a half million for him as a defender? Probably not. So, well, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you changed the spoiler <laughs> season starts. So I thought we'd kick off this episode in earnest by going over uh, what you see as the strongest 11 for Liverpool this season, Neil. Because obviously you watch them all the time. Figured you could provide some of your expert insight for our listeners. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty easy one, isn't it? I mean, they just won the Champions League. So I think that's probably the, st- the strongest 11 at the moment. I think the two questions that do remain are, are the centre-back that will partner Van Dijk and one of the midfield players. I think if you look... Four of the back five are nailed in. The two fullbacks, Alexander Arnold and Robertson, who I think will be probably two of the most expensive players and certainly the most expensive defenders in the game. Um, Van Dijk, obviously the same as same applies, and Allison, who who had twenty, I think twenty one clean sheets last year in the Premier League, Golden Gloves. So, I think the question is whether it's Joel Matip or Joe Gomez. I know Dejan Lovren's there as well, but I think he's he's down at fourth fourth right. pick for centre back. So. Gomez and Matty pretty much shared the season last year. Gomez very impressive in the first half. Matty very impressive in the second. I would say for the start of the season, Matty's in the um, in the box seat, given the fact that his his 
excellent performances were more recent. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if at some point Joe Gomez gets himself in the team and finds himself in there to stay. The other question will be the midfield, and I think Fabinho's a nailed-in starter. I think he's he's established himself as one of the better defensive midfielders around. And then you can pick two from four, really, two from five. I mean, Juan Alden and Henderson are the, the sort of the safe options that Jürgen Klopp always prefers, but James Milner's another one who can come in in and out of the team whenever you need it. Naby Keita's look particularly good, or certainly looked particularly good yesterday in um, in Liverpool's last pre-season game against Lyon. You've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain back fit and Adam Lallana back fit playing in this new, you know, re- re- rejuvenated number six role. Um, so I think Liverpool's midfield will change a lot. The front three, not so much. Uh, but I think the questions will be centre back and midfield. But I I would suggest Matip to start the season, and I would suggest Juan Alden Henderson Fabinho as the midfield three. Can you see Mane coming in before the start of the season to play against Norwich or not? <sighs> Possibly off the bench in the first game and then back in maybe for the Super Cup against Chelsea and then back in the side. He, he is one of those players, Mane. He's going to have less rest than pretty much anyone else. He's played thirteen months worth of a season, but. He is one of those players. I remember him going away with the African Nations Cup. Uh, in his first season at Liverpool, he went away for a month, and I think he came back on the Monday, and Liverpool played Chelsea on the Tuesday, and he played. So I think he is one of those those guys that doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to lose rhythm that that much. And I think he will. He's so important to Liverpool, and the fact that he plays on the left hand side, they don't really have anyone. They have a few options if Salah was out. They, they could play down the right with Shaqiri or Harry Wilson. But with Mane, they don't really have anyone who plays out on that left side. So I can see him being sort of fast-tracked back into the sides. But maybe Norwich, he comes back on the Monday, Norwich on the Friday. Yeah. Possibly possibly too early for a start. Do you think they need to fill that sort of void there with this sort of backup on the left wing then? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's weird because they've got left footers, but they don't they don't play out. You know, Wilson plays on the right, Shaqiri plays on the right, Salah plays on the right. They don't have that that natural sort of what you would say, a left-footed left-winger, but they get so much width from the full-backs in terms of Robertson, Alexander-Arnold on the other side that I think it doesn't always show in that respect. But my personal opinion, I do think Liverpool have missed a little bit of a trick by not signing an attacking player, just just for rotation purposes. And, you, you know, we can always say that when you sign someone who's not in the team, if, if Mane, Salah, Firmino are fit all season, then, yeah, he's not going to play many games. But chances are they're not going to be. And... Chances are you're going to need someone off the bench. You're going to need someone in a League Cup game, maybe a, a home game where there's Salah's been having a poor run or Mane's been having a poor run. That you can just freshen it up and, and change things. I would have, I would have liked to have seen Liverpool buy a, another, what you call a gun attacking player. But the, the manager's probably earned enough trust to say, you know, back me. Are we going to see? Um, we're going to see more of Oxlade Chamberlain. Do you think this season at all? He's back from. Injury, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, we should see more than we did last season. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, made only two two appearances, but he's he's looked okay, you know, okay with a caveat in in preseason that he's he's still clearly got a few, you know, a, a long way to go really before he's match fit. You know, he's he played a little bit in the front three in, in on the tour of America, and he didn't look particularly great. He he's played in midfield, he's looked sharp in burst, but he's had such a bad injury. You know, he's lost, yeah, you know, his knee was absolutely ruined really by by that that injury he suffered against Roma so it'll take a while for him I think to get his confidence back in his in his own body and also he might I mean it sounds stupid but he might need to be on the end of a few tackles to be honest he might need to just 
get yeah. hit a few times and realize that you know it's going to be okay i'm not made of glass and get that confidence I, yeah back. i can i can deal with this and i think i think you'll start the season on the bench but i think it's it's a good option for liverpool to have off the bench because in a 15 minute burst in a game i think he can be a game changer so no one's no one should be including him in the fantasy team at the start of the season no i wouldn't i wouldn't at the moment no kate is probably closer because he showed before he got injured last season he's he's one that he was scoring a few goals he was getting into some good positions he's got a bit of x factor about him in terms of his dribbling and playing high up yeah. the pitch so i would if you were going for a, a sort of a cheaper liverpool midfielder i'd go more towards cater or milner maybe because as a penalty taker than i would oxlade chamberlain for this this time the cater's six million uh milner's yeah. 5.5 5. uh, you're right in the sense that like the cheaper liverpool midfielders because there is so much rotation they're all so low in price yeah I mean, and henderson wijnaldum don't score many goals no. even if they played all season you'd expect henderson to get what two or three but potentially wijnaldum yeah. the same yeah so henderson got 76 points last season uh, milner got 101 i guess that's the penalty factor coming into yeah. play compared to mane 231 and salah 259 so <laughs> the gulf is big yeah and we mentioned it before we are expecting more penalties this season with the introduction of VAR so yeah. that could be a factor for I'd, Milner it's remarkable though that Salah and Mane still seen as midfielders on it isn't it Anything? I don't understand that yeah. I never ever understand that yeah. like what are they? and Hazard was another one who was classed yeah. as midfielder yeah. it's like these guys are not midfielders yeah. uh, it makes a mockery of it really and then you've got Firmino who actually is classed as a, as a forward on here uh, who would you see starting on the uh, left if Mane doesn't start then I think it will be Origi I think I think he's looked okay in pre-season he's, he's He's still a player for me. He's, he's one of of big moments rather than big performances, but that big moments are probably what the fancy Premier League is all about, isn't it? Even though yeah. he's scoring goals and assisting goals, that's that's all that matters. But I think he's he's the player who'll play. Sort of, he's a different type of player, obviously to Mane, but I think he'll he'll be the one to deputise. I don't see Shakiri playing on the left hand side. He didn't. He played the friendly against Leon, as I said. He played in a midfield three. Um, he's only really played in a four-two-three-one for Liverpool on the right-hand side, so I don't see him there. I don't think Rian Brewster. I don't. I don't see him getting into the team as a as a winger just yet. He hasn't played a lot of football, full stop, and he hasn't played a lot of football on the wing. And then that leaves Harry Wilson, who is someone who's got real um, real quality and can score goals. But I think I think you're looking at Origi versus Wilson in terms of Premier League experience. I think it'll be Origi to start with. But Wilson might be one to watch in case of a transfer because I think if he was to move, I'm guessing he'll be quite cheap on the game if he's on it. Uh, he might be one to watch in terms of if he goes to a Bournemouth or Newcastle somewhere like that. He could be a he could suddenly become one of the main men. He scored a belter last night, didn't he? A- absolute belter, yeah. Just one of those goals. I don't know if you've ever remember a goal Daniel Agger scored for Liverpool at the cop end against West Ham a few years back where he just cut across it and sent it right in the top corner. It was just, it, it was almost like, you know, just out of anger. He just, just <laughs> smashed it straight in the top corner. Those are the best goals though. Yeah. That, that, that's, his, that's his stock in trade. He doesn't, he doesn't score tap-ins. He scores free kicks and, and, yeah. and screamers. Are there any uh, sort of fringe Liverpool players you can see breaking into the first team this year? Um, it's difficult. Brewster, Brewster might be one, you know, if there's an injury to, to Firmino or, or a loss of form, Brewster certainly has looked like someone who can step into the squad not necessarily the team straight away and you think Daniel Sturridge is gone you think the last 12 months you saw Danny Ings Dominic Solanke Sturridge is left on a free so there is a there is a spot for the backup number 9 and, and that, that spot at the moment is between Brewster and Origi so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say get him in your team but keep an eye on him put him on your is it, they still have the watch list that they have on, on that you can still yeah, yeah, you yeah. can still track the players the other one would be if there's an injury to one of the fullbacks, Kiana Hoover, who a young Dutchman, he's only 17, uh, signed a new long-term contract this week at Liverpool, and he he's got real, real talent. I mean, he's 
he looks like a proper player and you know he's behind Trent Alexander-Arnold as a right back he can also play at centre back if needed although I don't necessarily see that he's going to be needed with the amount of players but if if one of the full backs was to get injured for any length of time I think he would have a chance of deputising either on the right or on the left so Kian Hoover would be you know one to just keep keep a, a quiet eye on How did he play against Lyon? Excellent yeah he was probably him and Cater were probably the two star men in the first half. He's got, he was getting into those Trent Alexander-Arnold positions as well, putting crosses in. One of the crosses led to an own goal, which put Liverpool ahead. He won three one in the end. So, he's um, yeah, he's got, he's just got real class about him as a footballer. So I think if he was to play right back, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing in in the final third as opposed to being a more defensive fullback. So yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of potential, a lot of ability, a lot of ability. Nice. Uh, listeners, drop goal a tweet with hashtag UKFFS on what you think is the strongest Liverpool eleven this year and who you've picked from their side in your squad for match day one. Uh, I guess the big question then for Liverpool fans this season is whether they can go one step further after the agonising uh, final day of the Premier League season uh, last year. I mean... The problem, I guess, to that isn't so much Liverpool's performances, which were excellent. It's just Man City are probably the best Premier League side that's ever been. Can you see that any way that they could fall short this season? I suppose the way you'd the way you'd look at it is what could what could stop Manchester City? So you could say, well, have they lost any players? Potentially, they've lost company, the club captain. They've lost potentially going to lose Leroy Sane, who's you know if you're talking about. I'm saying Liverpool need to have a player on the bench who can come and change it. Leroy Sane is as good as you get um, in that regard. What else could change it? Could they lose motivation? They've won the Premier League the last two years. They've won the League Cup. They've won the FA Cup. They haven't won the Champions League. Could they take their eye off it? Possibly. But then I look and think the right manager for that is Pep Guardiola for keeping the intensity levels up. He's not someone who you know, you can see letting things drift. One other way it could possibly go wrong. I'm I'm, I'm just grasping at straws here, but <laughs> Guardiola potentially announcing halfway through the season, oh, this is my last year at City. I'm going to go and manage yeah. someone else. Then you could potentially see a club losing a little bit of focus. And and also you 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 look at some of the some of the key players. You look at Aguero. You look at David Silva. Uh, they're they're players who are they haven't won the they haven't won the Champions League. And if you get into the stage where you might need to make a decision. Look, we need to go all in for the Champions League. We've got Barcelona over two legs, but we've got two league games either side. You could potentially get to that stage. But they showed last season 14 wins on the run to win to win the Premier League that from a position phenomenal. where a lot yeah, of people yeah, thought it was Liverpool's. They've got so much motivation. They've got so much quality and so much depth that it's going to be difficult. But Liverpool showed last season that they've got the same levels of consistency. They've showed that they've got a lot of hunger and they can overcome adversity as well. So... I think I'll tell you about two weeks into the season because I think <laughs> I think that could honestly be where where you see the the shape of the season coming that early. I think you could see whether City are going to run away with it or whether Liverpool are capable of uh, sticking with them again. One of the reckon? things I found quite difficult at Man City when it comes to the um, FPL is that because they do have such depth, is actually selecting players from their team because they do spread the points amongst the team. You know, if you look at their midfield, it's you're kind of going, ah, oh, should I pick Silver? Um, they've got Kevin De Bruyne. Um, obviously David Silva or Bernardo Silva they're kind of like splitting the points between those players mm. because they all just like rotate constantly or it's the opposite true. to the Liverpool problem isn't it because you know Mane uh, yeah. not Mane I've got yeah. one Man City player in my team but they are the strongest team in the league yeah same with centre-backs isn't it you know who's going to you're going to have Laporte probably going to start 
most of the games, but then mm. you've got Stones, Otamendi, and they're quite, they look quite cheap. You yeah. say five and a half million for a City defender, Kyle Walker, and then you think, chances are they're probably going to sign another right back at some <laughs> point. <laughs> ben, Benjamin Mendy there, but is you know they, they could play Zinchenko, but there's so many options that they can change. The only one I would say, well, the only the only three I would I would say they're going to play every game: Raheem Sterling, yeah, Sergio Aguero, and Ederson. Yeah. They would they would be the they would be the three that I would I would look to have in my team if I was picking City players, it's which I don't because I'm the Liverpool <laughs> correspondent and we're not allowed. <laughs> it's quite surprising in a way. Like eighteen months ago, if you told me that Aguero would be nailed on in that City yeah. starting eleven every week, like, I'd have been like, nah chance, yeah. mate. Like Jesus should come in at this point, but mm, it just hasn't happened. The, the thing about Aguero is, and, and Kane to to a degree is, even if they don't play for for two weeks. They can score four in a game, and you can just you can have them as a triple captain, and yeah. you can win the league by by just having <laughs> you know if if they're playing Burnley at home, you, you sort of expect Aguero to get two or a hat trick, mm. you know. So, I think I think those type of players that's why they're that's why they're the expensive. I ones. mean, it, it felt like Guardiola wasn't sold on Aguero when he came in, mm. didn't he? And he really played a few mind games with him to get him to where he wanted him to be. I remember he just pushed on massively as well, hasn't he? I think it was eighteen months ago in the Manchester Derby when he started Jesus ahead of Aguero. And at that point it looked like he was he was gonna, but mm. just didn't happen at all. He won him back over and and yeah, he's still in that starting eleven. Yeah, and Guardiola Netflix. loves him now, doesn't he? Because he just knows yeah. he's just gonna score those goals. Yeah. They need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. I think everyone I think Guardiola was probably hoping that Jesus would come in and he would be that guy. Mm. But it's not quite happened for him in yeah. the same way, has it? it feel, no, he feels like times, yeah, he is. But I, I, I feel a little bit like, okay, when are we going to see him really kind of yeah. start knocking him in for Man City uh, in a team where it feels like you don't have to be particularly amazing to score goals because they do get so far forward. Yeah. And they, they give Fabian so Delft never managed it though. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this, this is starting. Is he my drink water? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. So Jesus got 79 points last season on the FPL game. That's as many points as Fernandinho. Oh, well. So, you know, you're better off picking, well, you're as much likely to get how much? Uh, how much is uh, Jesus? Jesus is 9.5. Mm. Expensive, which is expensive for a That's player. That's the same as Firmino. Uh, yes, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. And you're in that same dilemma again. You're like, I don't know if I don't know if like he'll play that much or how much he'll play or how many he'll score. It's like he's what he's, he's one, isn't he? Jesus that if Aguero gets an injury, which he does tend to get one or two injuries during the season, then you've got a month of Jesus that you can he, yeah. he's, he's suddenly a cheap option, isn't he, at nine and yeah. a half other than but at the moment he's an expensive one. Yeah. I've uh, I've not got Aguero. Do either of you have Aguero? I don't. No, I don't. I don't know. No. I've gone Kane. Remarkably, I've gone we Kane for my big, big money striker just because Ooh, I saw yeah. him score that goal from the halfway line and thought, "Me too." He's going to be right on it this season. He's had a great preseason this game. Yeah, I can yeah. see. Uh, I can see a lot of FPL managers putting him in at the start. I like Kane as well. I've got at the moment. I've got Aubameyang in there still, but um, yeah, I'm in an hour in a bit. Yeah, do I need to get Kane in this team? Uh, Tottenham won the Audi Cup, didn't they? And yeah, seems to have had a fairly decent. Kane's, Kane's 11 million they've got uh, Aston Villa at home first game of the season yeah on Sky as well isn't it so it's, it's, it's nailed on to be a 4-0 Tottenham win. <laughs> you know, Villa with all these new signings and all this encouragement and they'll just get scalped by Spurs we mentioned last week how uh, all these signings don't necessarily mean success because we saw that with Fulham Fulham yeah last, uh, last summer when they bought all these players and then did nothing yeah they're all out on loan now aren't they all yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> massive wages <laughs> so I guess that moves us on nicely to Spurs then I mean how do we see them doing this season I I think I'm a big fan of Spurs, and from watching Liverpool, City City are the best team that Liverpool face. But Spurs Spurs are, give Liverpool an awful lot of problems, and even in the Champions League final, I know Liverpool in the end it's 
seemed like a comfortable win. But Spurs were were good. They they didn't they didn't disgrace themselves. They they got to the Champions League final. I think the question with Spurs is always when injuries bite, and I think the fact that they've managed to add you know one new player in terms of and finally got one. I think they'll probably get another couple won't they, before the, the window closes. Certainly, Pochettino was. Um, was was sounding the sirens about that, and I yeah. think I think that will that will ensure that something gets done because the the last thing they want is for some sort of you know infighting between the manager and the board. But I think they're a really good side. Spurs, they've got good players, they've got a decent decent squad. You know, if you look, if you said okay, Danny Rose can't play, so Ben Davis plays. You think oh, Kyle Walker Peters can't play, Sergio Aurier plays, Eric Lamella might have to play somewhere. They've got they've got decent players. They just just probably one or two short in, in, in the big areas and you think of Kane replacements, you know, basically and maybe maybe someone holding midfield wise, you know, I don't particularly not a big fan of Eric Dyer, for example. But I think um I think they'll be I think they'll easily be the third team again in the league. And I think, you know, they can get a good start under the belt. They can put themselves in contention to, to be better than that. But I think it, uh, a lot of it depends on on key players staying fit, as it does for you know pretty much everyone except City. Yeah, they got the Champions League uh, place in the top four last season, but the gulf between them and Liverpool and City in the league at least yeah. was huge, wasn't it? Can you see them closing yeah. that, Dave? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I kind of uh, there's a few players in the Spurs team I always think I'd like to just see more from. You know, you'd, you like even like Deli Ali, and mm. I just feel like he disappoints a little bit now. He just seems to have lost a little bit of spark. Um, He's eight point five this year, eight point five million. Didn't get hundred points last year. Yeah, Did he not know? no. Wow. I mean, that was he was basically when he first came into the side, he was basically a forward, wasn't he? Oh, it, that's that's him and Kane were almost like a front two. Mm. So that's disappointing. The, the other the other one, I mean, we didn't mention him, but I, I really think they need a new goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I really I really think he's yeah. on his on his last legs as a goalkeeper at the top level, personally. You know, and I'm sure he'll be one of the more expensive goalkeepers because he's playing for one of the big clubs, but. I wouldn't be sold on Hugo Lloris. No. There's some players as well where I feel like a, a move would do them real good, you know, just like kind of kick them on a little bit and lift them. And I, I, I sometimes I feel like Spurs' teams kind of, some of them just like stagnate a little bit, you know, and it's, they have got the new, they've got, you know, this is their first full season. This will be their first full season in the new stadium and everything. Um, don't know if they've lost there yet, have they? Or I mean, they certainly had a decent uh, record yeah, towards the end of last season. Don't think so. But um, <laughs> good question. We should have, yeah. should have looked that up really. <laughs> yeah, <shouldn't> exactly. <laughs> we do our research on that. Um, but yeah, it's um, that it's it's frustrating. You do just want to see them. They did fantastic to get to the Champions League um, final last season, and um, albeit kind of, I think everyone agrees that was kind of slightly fortuitous. But um, crazy semi final, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, um, I mean, but there are, you mentioned there about players sort of stagnating a bit. There's some in there that you would have thought would have moved on this summer. So yeah. like Ericsson at the start of the summer was making sort of eyes towards Real Madrid. You know, would he make that move? Alderweireld, lots of people thought he'd yeah. have gone at this point. Danny Rose. Yeah, there's there's a litany of players in there really who you think like how are they how are they still there? And really, it's is it only Undon Belly who they've brought in at like a sort of top tier signing level, isn't it? Yeah, so, and they brought the lads from Leeds and loaned them back, didn't they? I think yeah. they've been linked quite heavily with. Uh, Los Celso is it from from Betis as mm. well? Probably probably need a forward. I mean, everyone needs a forward, don't they? <laughs> but, but yeah, I, you're right. Vertonghen, another one. I think Vertonghen was sort of linked linked away, wasn't he? And it's surprising, which which 
I mean, they could theoretically have sold the entire back four because <laughs> Trippier left, didn't he? So yeah. that would have been an interesting one to see them re- redo that. But they've got they've got players, they've got younger players as well. You think Harry Winks coming through, they've got Davinson Sanchez as a centre back, Foyt, he did quite well last year, Kyle Walker Peter. So they have got potentially good players to come in and take those squad places. But I think the big thing about Spurs was they were they were in the title race, I think, on Boxing Day and then they were out of it by New Year's Day and that's yeah. that was because the squad sort of creaked under the the weight of injuries. Uh, a similar story, I guess, over at their North London rivals, Arsenal, who have had a bit of a frustrating summer when it comes to uh, transfers. As of this recording, they still haven't signed Pepe. No. But like it's been on the brink for it feels like a week now. But the leaked images and everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels imminent, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like they're just prepping that press material. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they bring anyone else in. I mean, that's a big signing, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it was one that there were a lot of people wanted Liverpool to make. Twitter especially seems to want <laughs> Liverpool to make. And uh, I mean, I, I have to, I have to confess, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, I've not seen a great deal of him. I, I know his record, and I know he scored a few goals over in, over in uh, France. Didn't do a great deal, I don't believe, at the African Nations in the summer. But you know, in terms of a player that has got a big reputation coming in, a forward player that. He, he fits the bill and Arsenal need to make a few signings clearly I still think they're they're sort of you know putting lovely tiles on the roof while the the foundations of the house are are sinking into the into the ground because you know I would fancy my chances I think us three I think we'd get at least one goal against their back four you know in terms of that and I still look at the centre of midfield and think well Granit Xhaka Lucas Torreira what's that going to win you you know you saw it in the Europa League final against Chelsea. They had Aubameyang, they had Lacazette, they had Ozil. They were rubbish. You know, yeah. they 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 couldn't defend. They couldn't. They couldn't keep teams out. And I still think that's going to be their Achilles heel this year. Although it might be a little bit more exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I rate Leno as a goalkeeper, but it's that it's that back four or five depending yeah. on the formation they play. It's it's not great, is it? Yeah, it's. I I struggle to find out what they, they're just like. Where's the motivation? These teams they're just they're not going to. They're not going to push on. They're not going to win the. They're not going to win the league or challenge for a trophy. It's, you know, I just think so many of them need to pull a finger out. And these are quality players. We are talking about quality players here. Very well paid quality. Players, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, for huge clubs, um, but they've really got to start to just go right. You know what? This season, I'm going to actually realise my actual potential yeah. and do something. The th- the thing I always find with Arsenal and I, I find it baffling. Is, the ill discipline of the play, of the players. So they buy players like Socrates and Jacker who if you if you're a better man, you yellow card every single game. You know that. And you know that if it gets on top in a game and it gets tight and tense, you know that a good they're good for a, a rash tackle that will just get them sent mm-hmm. off and it'll change the whole course. And you look at the best teams, you look at Liverpool and City, they don't get they don't pick up those red cards. They don't they don't lose their heads. They keep the shape and the structure of the team and even if it's going a little bit awry they still stay strong and, and solid Arsenal just don't have that they're so I don't know I'm, I'm guessing red mist they have so much of that red mist about yeah. them and they just lose lose their focus and their, it's their game. Discipline. it's frustration isn't it yeah because yeah. the Man City and Liverpool just their game management is sensational yeah uh, at the right times they win free kicks coaching draw well, them. yeah well yeah that's that's got to be a factor um, but this must just be pure frustration from the Arsenal players. Yeah, they know they're not really performing. They know they're not really in the team that they want to be in. Yeah. They're not really performing at a level where they, they want to be because they want to be where City are. They want to be where uh, Liverpool are. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be where Liverpool are because when you look at Liverpool's squad as well, it's not massive like City's is. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not 
fighting a losing battle on that front. Yeah. Those teams, Tottenham, Arsenal. Yeah. Liverpool should be an inspiration to those teams. I saw a great tweet last week in reply to the video of the attempted Ozil carjacking that yeah. said that's the best defending I've ever seen Kolasinac do. <laughs> Which is very true. Like, he can't yeah. defend at all for us. Yeah. Likes to stay on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. on his yeah. serves, not yeah. they? had to pretty much change, almost change the system for him, didn't he, to play yeah. him as a left wing back because he couldn't trust him at left back, which <laughs> says says a lot about him, really. Uh, that's the entire Arsenal defence that you just can't trust them yeah. at all, can you? Uh, another sort of set of defenders that weren't reliable last season, uh, Manchester United. They were a topsy-turvy wild ride for fans last season. I know a lot of fans <laughs> over in Manchester are sick of them at this point. Yeah. But they've made some signings this summer. Uh, one of the sort of few top clubs to have made a litany of them. Um, how do you see them doing? I think I think they've got to be looking at top four, uh, fourth places there is the summer to their ambition. I, I, you know, I, I know that this could get replayed in 12 months' time and it could be a <laughs> viral clip, but I can't... I, I don't see... I don't, where, where have they improved? Where have Manchester? You know, I don't. They've made a couple of signings. They've obviously Dan James has come in. Who, you know, if you just said Manchester United signing Dan James as a, as a sort of a first team player five years ago, you know, the equivalent, it just it, it baffles me. You know, that there's this idea that he's going to come in and do a lot. Wan Bissaka, good player, good player, but you know, I think still question marks about what he is as as a defender is he is he a sort of a defensive fullback is he a, is he a converted winger has he got the the temperament to play for a top side I, I saw him in the under 21 tournament for England and he looked very very nervy you know when when there was pressure on him so i don't i don't see yet they might make some signings before the end of the summer but again harry maguire i'm rolling my eyes a little bit at harry 90 maguire million. 90 million pounds you know what i'm saying i'm saying that Harry Maguire comes with the same reputation Phil Jones brought, probably, when he signed from Blackburn however many years ago, eight years ago. So I'm still not seeing Manchester United doing the things that you'd want them to do as a club. They've still got some you know, issues to resolve there as well in terms of Lukaku, in terms of Pogba. I think if they were to pull off the Dybala-Lukaku swap, I think that would be some, you know, some very positive news for them but other than that I still see them as being a little bit similar to what they were last year and with a manager that I would be utterly amazed if he's still a manager by the end of the season yeah I'd probably agree with that yeah, Dybala so, would be a cracking yeah. signing but I just I'd look at that team and I, th I think like even top four will be a struggle for me yeah yeah it's just, it feels like it's just the same mistakes all those those clubs are making you know where they're kind of scratching around a little bit trying to find and Man United have just been signing names and trying to push them into the team you know the only thing I see for them that could be a massive positive this season is if McTominay really kind of steps up and. But I feel like like so I put out a tweet yesterday asking uh, who are the best players in preseason. Yeah. And the only Manchester United player anyone replied with was McTominay, and when that is your star player, McTominay, yeah. and I know he has been good for them. But and the kid Greenwood as well has done done a little bit, hasn't he? I know he's. Yeah. I know Solskjaer is a big fan of him, but uh, you're right. They remind me a little bit of Liverpool, um, probably. 10 years ago, nine, nine, ten years ago, when they were trying to try so desperately to get back into that Champions League place and they were spending a lot of money on, they were looking around the Premier League yeah. at, at, at players and saying, well, Stuart Downing, and, you know, Charlie Adam and people like that. And they were thinking, well, if we buy the best of what's below us, we might get back up to above. But really, what you're doing is you're buying, you're buying players who've, who've played at a level below and you're trying to expect them to, to step up. And sometimes it can work. You can, you can, you can get a gem from, from a Leicester or a Crystal Palace or somewhere like that. But most of the time, what you do is you just find that they've already hit the ceiling and 
they're not yeah you're not buying you're not making a team are you buying individuals yeah. i mean i mean even you can look around the premier league there's some there's, there's players that have moved this summer that you think he doesn't manchester united you know tillemans who's gone to, gone to leicester you'd say yeah he would have been right up united yeah. street pepe potentially someone someone that they would have they would have liked um instead they're looking at Sean Longstaff apparently for what, yeah. forty odd million pounds, which I, nine nine games I think he's played in the Premier League. I do not understand their scouting mm. system at all. New uh, Manchester United, I've never understood it though. Like they've always seemed to have bad scouting system. Yeah. It often just seems to be look, read the papers and see who else other people are interested in, <laughs> and maybe try and get them and offer them more money. Yeah. Like with Alexis Sanchez, like with Fred, who they both po- tried to poach and successfully poached from Manchester City. Uh, I just don't think that there's any coherence to that at all. Mm, Longstaff, okay. I mean, great. If they sign him for 30 million, that's 30 million more for us to spend. He, you know, he's, he's a promising player and stuff, and he scored yeah, the other day. He's not going to change Manchester United's fortunes. No. I mean, he, there's, there's, there's as much chance of him getting swept under by the wave of negativity than there is of him stepping above it and saying, I'm your, I'm your, new, I'm your new leader in midfield. You know, they've got, they've got Nemanja Matic, you can't do it, you know. Sean Longstaff's not going to... Yeah. You know, McTominay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a struggle for him because while he's got all the goodwill... It doesn't last long when the results go against him. No, I mean I think he, one of the problems at United is because they've go go all in with these signings like Pogba and mm. Sanchez. Once those guys are rooted in and on the huge wages and massive mm. contracts, you're then kind of forging a team around them, aren't you? And that's what happens. You you know they're bringing in the, the likes of these guys we've just been talking about, and it just doesn't fit. Um, I haven't got any Man United players in my team as oh, it stands no now. I've got Rashford because. Oh no, I've got De Gea in goal. Sorry. Yeah. I got Rashford. I mean, to be honest, if they're going to get top four, they need Rashford mm. to step up and be more consistent than he's been in previous season. Be that sort of twenty-plus goals a season striker in the Premier League. Yeah, that he hasn't quite reached that level yet. Like he's shown flashes of it, but especially in the sort of last like three months of the season after the PSG game, pretty much when they surprisingly beat them and he scored that penalty, high pressure penalty as yeah. well. You thought this could be maybe be a turning point for him. And he just went off yeah. the cliff. Same with Martial, isn't it? You know, you, you look at him. I think he started last season quite well and then all of a sudden you, you think oh that's the player that they signed but you know you look when it really when it really matters are they there yet probably not no uh, Chelsea should be interesting to watch this season so if you'd asked me three weeks ago how they'd do I'd have thought well they're not going to score many goals but actually they've been really good in pre-season haven't they yeah they were uh, they beat like uh, Salzburg was it on um, Wednesday night which you know Salzburg, yeah, but they were they were impressive in the way they did it. Ross Barkley, I think, was particularly particularly good, and um, Christian Pulisic as well. I've, I'm still I've got some reservations over how they're going to line up because who's going to play up front? You know they've got well, they've got Batshuayi, Sammy Abraham, and Giroud. Stick a pin in that one. You know <laughs> yeah, who, who, exactly, who do you yeah. want? I mean, I like I quite like Giroud, but in terms of you know, in terms of being a sort of title winning striker, no, you know, he, he isn't. You know, he's he's a, he's a top four contender striker. Um, but they've got quality. They've got Willian still, Pedro, Pulisic, Barkley looks. You know, he could could be. I, I you know, I I hesitate to say because I've been quite critical of him pretty much the last four or five years. But he looks the last sort of six months of last season and 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 the preseason. What I've seen of him, he looks like he could be one who's ready to take on a bit of bit more responsibility he's got a lot of quality it's just whether he can put it all together you know when when it when it counts yeah so, i share your reservation on that like because yeah. i know there's been a lot of talk about him so far in our previous podcasts and i think sam likes him doesn't he, he might be in sam's team i've been sold on him now i put him in my your, team yeah he's in your I team as well i bet he's not expensive he's is six he? million six million. Yeah, yeah i mean he's gonna start isn't he? he's gonna play yeah and he can take penalties. penalties and free kicks as well he's got i think he's got the free kick in the other day against reading was it was it potentially reading 
God knows. Could be a decent <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. It could Doesn't be a decent It was yeah. a 4-3 win, yeah, it's Reading. Yeah, but he's, um, he's got talent. Chelsea defence is probably, I think, the best route into that team. I, I think, you know, you, you always look at what they are is the consistent starters, aren't they? Aspilicueta starts pretty much every game. David Luiz probably start every game. So I think I think those would be the keeper as well, obviously the the goalkeeper. So I think they would be my how I would get into the Chelsea team for now until I see how their their sort of setup is. Yeah, well they've got they can set the stall out against Man United first game of the season. So if they win that one then they're kinda of rolling a bit of weight off Lampard as well there. Yeah. Big um, first game for him, that isn't a, it? That is a big first game. But I reckon that's good for him. So yeah. Stanford Bridge, yeah. In um, it's Old Trafford. Oh, is it yeah. Old okay, Trafford, yeah. 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 Then they've got Leicester, which is obviously a bit of a difficult tie, but they have Norwich and Sheffield United then, back-to-back. So if things have gone a bit yeah. wrong up until that point, then you'd imagine with those two games, and, they can stay in the And they've ship. got a Super Cup with Liverpool as well, so you could oh, yeah. potentially have a, a trophy you know, early in the season, and I'm yeah. sure that'll take a little bit of the weight off them as well. They did finish last season strongly, and I guess it depends on if Lampard can use that momentum uh, to sort of build on it a little bit, or whether, with Hazard there, not being there anymore, it'll all just fall to pieces. Yeah. I would have been more in the latter camp until recently. Now, I'm more on the fence. Now that I've got Barkley and I'm kind of more invested <laughs> in that. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how others do that. I mean, you mentioned Pedro, you mentioned William, Pulisic as well. There are a lot of attackers not in that forward category. No. Um, but FPL have no idea who's going to start either. They've basically taken Giroud, Batshuayi and Abraham just gone, seven million for all three? <laughs> for all three. <laughs> like, we've no idea what we're doing. It. Like Abraham for seven million is preposterous. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he, was, he did well last season uh, away from Chelsea, but still it uh, seems a bit mad to me. Yeah. I guess it's fair to say there aren't any other title contenders outside that top six, are there? No, I don't see it now. I mean, I think you're looking at Europa League contenders, you'd say Wolves and Leicester, Everton. Them yeah. three would be the the three that I would say I've got a half chance of getting into the top six, but I can't. I can't. I mean, we, we would have said it about Leicester probably four years ago, but I yeah. can't see. I can't see anyone sustaining it. Not with a not with Guardiola, Klopp, Pochettino in the league. No, uh, Wolves obviously still in Europe at this point as of the time recording. Uh, could they've got the second leg against the, Crusaders? Yeah, yeah. they won the first leg two 0 um, they had a really good team last season. They really impressed, didn't they, in the first uh, the first season back in the Premier League? Yeah, I've got a couple of Wolves players in my team actually. Yeah, um, who have you got? Jota, I've got up front, nice. yeah. and I've got just a budget Dendonka. Dendonka, yeah, a, he's a, a fashionable uh, pick, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, four. Nine. He, he's seen him score a couple of goals. Yeah. You got one at Everton, I remember. Four point five million. They, not bad. They they had a really reliable team, didn't they? I mean, I think I'm pretty sure three of the back five. Played every minute, I'm sure, or played every yeah. played every game. Connor Cody, I know, played every minute of the season. I think Bolly and, and Bennett were, were in there. Patricio so always plays. Matt Doherty was one of the stars, really, of last season, wasn't yeah, he? He yeah. played as a wing-back. Um, the, the thing is, is always when, when a, a team like that, because they were always the bargains last season, probably, I'm sure everyone had a four and a half million pound Wolves defender, but then they go up and all of a sudden the prices go up and you think, yeah. I'm not paying five and a half million for Matt Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's not happening. But um, I think I think Jota and Jimenez in particular, I think were, were real good good signings last year. And I think they've, they look like they've got, they, they just look like good players. And, you know, Matinho behind them as well. I think they've got, they've got pedigree in the, in the side in terms of that. And, I yeah, there's points added, in that team, isn't it? Yeah, they've added a couple of new players as well, haven't they? Vallejo, I think, come in from, yeah. from Real Madrid. And I can't even, there's another guy as well whose name escapes me now, who they've signed quite recently um, as you a wide player. You mentioned Jimenez there, so until recently he was the most selected player in uh, in FPL on the game for the really, yeah. season. Was yeah. it seven million, seven and a half? Seven and a half million, yeah, yeah so he's popular. Yeah, uh, but but I, I always think now, I think it's gone towards midfielders as well. There's not many strikers that you 
beyond the, the big guns, there's not many strikers that you look at and think, oh yeah, everyone will everyone will be looking at him. It's more sort of who's the least bad, if you like, to put him. <laughs> yeah. But I think him and S falls into the category of a good one. Who do you reckon is the uh, most popular player on FPL? It's a Liverpool player. Most popular? Yeah, yeah. Um, Alexander-Arnold? No, you're in the right category there. Robertson? No. Van Dijk? Van Dijk. Is it Van Dijk? Yeah, well. 44% of FPL players have him now. Yeah, yeah, he's in my team. Is he? Is he in your team? He's in my team. There we go. Two out of three. Alexander-Arnold's in mine. Should we go to your team then, Neil? See who you picked. Yeah, okay, I'll get Tear it up it on my shreds. phone. I picked this on the train over, so <laughs> it could it could well change. Um, it will change definitely. But so I've gone gone for the three four three with Edison in goal. Um, I think Manchester City reliable for clean sheets. Back three of Chilwell, Luca Dean, and Van Dijk. I think Evans' fixtures are quite good at the start, and Dean is the main man in terms of set pieces I think he'll he, you know he, he plays very much as a attacking option rather than how a, much a, is he like six he's, yeah he's in my team too yeah, take, takes direct free kick scores them doesn't he so I think he'll start every game Leighton Baines seems to have fallen off the edge yeah um, Chilwell I like Leicester I'm, yeah I'm not I'm not 100% sold on Chilwell he's a five and a half millionaire um, but I know he'll play yeah. Is, is, the, is the logic? It's there. kind of a wing back, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's a good, he's a good footballer. And yeah, yeah, you know, you'd he, imagine he's he a growing might player. get a few assists. Yeah, you'd um, hope so. I mean, they've got they've got good players. I mean, they've got good yeah good options in attack. Um, so four across the midfield. So I've got Salah. That's just it's a bit of a bit of an um, a luxury pick for me because he's so expensive. But mm. I mean, I'm get he was potentially the biggest scoring player in the game last year. Yeah. He definitely was the year before. De Bruyne, I think De Bruyne is the bargain of the of the game. Nine and a half million pound for the the best player in the Premier League, a footballer. If he's if he's fit all season, he's going to get you fifteen goals, fifteen assists probably. I think I think everyone will have him after a couple of weeks as long as he doesn't get injured. Iosi Perez, who another midfielder who definitely plays up front. Yeah. Um, well, he was moved by FPL this season, so previously he was down as a forward. Yeah. And then they went, oh, we're moving back into midfield. Yeah, even so. though he was New uh, Newcastle's. Main man, second half of the season as a forward. I think he, you know, he spent a lot of money on him. I think he'll get a good chance to start at the start of the season. I think he'll probably play off Vardy in in the Leicester system. Hmm. And the other one I've gone for, a bit of a punt, is Caballos oh, right. of Arsenal. Five and a half. Saw him in the under twenty ones, and he's got he's got real quality. And I always think when players come in with a little bit of quality, like someone like Jao Martino or Ruben Neves at Wolves. I think the Premier League takes a little bit of time to adjust to these players who've got really good feet and I think you can get into positions to score goals. I think Gundogan was another one, another example of that where you don't you don't see him as a goal scorer but he's a good enough footballer to get in there. And then the front three, Kane, captain, nice. Villa at home, Jota, who, as I say, I think I think he's a really good footballer and I know he started and scored in the um, Europa League qualifier. And then it was... Stick a pin in, in a few six and a half million pound strikers, but Josh King, I've gone for who takes penalties for for Bournemouth. I'm not one hundred percent sold on Bournemouth. They've got a lot of a uh, lot of players missing. I know Brooks has just got injured. I think uh, Lloyd Kelly, the new signing, is injured as well. But King, I think if you look down the last couple of seasons, I think he's got double figures every season, in the last three. So. I've gone with him. I could have been, I could have been convinced to go with Adela Feu or someone like that, or even Wesley or Joe Linton, new signings. But 
gone with them and then the bench is <laughs> not great by the sounds of it <laughs> the bench is it's okay yeah <laughs> got Tom Heaton who's moved to Villa today so potentially that might change my mind on him Tyrone Mings who's another Villa player so I got him He's, he was excellent last year for Villa in the championship but that was the championship then Donker as I mentioned and the other one is Issa Diop uh, where West Ham who I saw a link with Manchester United strangely enough <laughs> early in the summer which caught me out so potentially potentially they, those uh, those backups and a few of the players in there will change but that's what I've gone for anyway uh, Issa Diop third sub because they got Manchester City first game of the season nice I actually can't rip too many shreds out of that team that's pretty decent I think yeah it sounded good I'm really annoyed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can get Delphin if you want. <laughs> Would you? Who have you put in your team then, Dave? Who have you changed? Oh, God. Who have I changed? Well, <laughs> an overhaul, is it? Well, the Tinker Man, kind of like just basically swapping players in and out constantly over the course of the week. Mm. Um, so Vincent Janssen got chopped as my kind of backup forward. <laughs> is that when so. he got sold to Mexico? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bold move. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. Um, uh, and Cater's gone in from Arsenal as he's been easier, greenwood, decent pre-season type player, isn't he? Just 4.5 million, so. Okay. Um, he won't yeah. last long in that team. No, wow. he won't. Um, Kante's gone out, Dendonka's gone in, uh, which freed up some cash. Um, as I'm lo- I haven't made it yet, but I don't think Zaha's going to make the cut. He's he's okay. in the danger zone in my team. I've, I'm think, I'm kind of like losing the initial belief I had in him. Well, he looks team, like he could be going so. to Napoli, doesn't he? That's, that's well, if that today, happens, yeah. then he'll definitely... Yeah. <laughs> you go in the hand. Vincent Janssen pile, if <laughs> yeah, that happens. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, 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 what I'm doing here is I'm actually getting players moves abroad. So if yeah. any players <laughs> want to move abroad, just let me know. And I can You're the them. agent for them. Yeah, <laughs> um, Richie, who we mentioned before, he's being cut. I think he's picked up an injury as well. Yeah, um, is he a defender he this year? Yeah, he's been yeah, he's a defender. So, but I, I it's weird because they moved in because Rafa played him at wing back quite yeah. a lot. But Rafa, Rafa, gone. <laughs> Rafa he won't play at wing back no, again. He won't play yeah. wing back. <laughs> I mean, it was on the assumption that, like we said, but that he might he'd probably take free kicks yeah. and penalties for Newcastle. But um, if they manage to get into the final third, uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, but anyway, Rafa's he's gone, dig. like he said. Rafa. <laughs> yeah. He's gone and uh, Delft's in uh, <laughs> <laughs> quietly. Drop that. Yeah. I had Bowley in the team as well, and I've replaced it. I'm just opening myself up to stick here. It's a good job Sam's not here, actually. But um, <laughs> um, I've put Target in from um, for Villa, okay, <laughs> as a wing back. I, I don't think. I don't think Villa are going to be a complete disaster this season. I know it's kind of like falls into that whole Fulham thing. What, what a ringing endorsement <laughs> for, your, for your left back. <laughs> They're not going to be a complete disaster. That's they, fine. I, I think they might do okay. I think they might do okay. I've I don't know Chester. why. I've got Chester. Yeah, so I've, got, I've got Mings on the on yeah. the bench as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's essentially my my bench um, defender. Mm. But um, yeah. So that those are that's pretty much the changes from uh, the previous so, weeks. What's your forwards? Uh, my forwards is Abamyang, uh, Enketa, and Vardy. So it's okay. kind of a Bama Young Vardy. Yeah. You're, um, you're back in that Newcastle win there. Well, win against Newcastle for Arsenal there, aren't you? Two Arsenal forwards. Mm. See, I've gone the other way. I put Joe Linton into my team. Newcastle record signing. Yeah, but you see, that's a uh, heart. You're, you're, you're thinking with your heart there, well, and that's see, the wrong thing to do. I hesitated, because I was talking last, on last week's episode about how I wanted to put him in as the mm. record signing, but I hesitated. Cause like, no, Miles, stick with Origi. Stick with Origi, it's fine, because he's been scoring loads. But Joe Linton scored in the last week. But have uh, you heard what Neil said today? What? He's He's basically said Origi is going to, like, he will... F- 
because I think you had doubts as to how much he was going to feature, didn't you? Still, I had. Well, and it sounds like I, I from would, what Neil's saying that he actually might. I had tunnel vision for that Norwich game because I think they're going to smash Norwich to pieces. I think mm. it's going to be an embarrassment. But I, it's one game, and I'll have to yeah. transfer him out afterwards. I, I think. I I think with Joe Linton is if he's going to be good, <laughs> big if. Big but, if. But I think it'll be early in his in his Newcastle career. I think he's one of them. He looks like one of them signings that could have a, a great first month, and you go, "Oh, what Newcastle have solved their their crisis?" Mm. You know, they found this, and then and then he tails off rather than being someone who starts starts slowly and suddenly explodes around Christmas time. Yeah, his record isn't amazing in the Bundesliga, but he's mm. only twenty two, so I'm backing yeah. on the fact that you know he's he's at that sort of age where you take that step from being single figures per season as a striker to maybe getting into double figures and, and kicking on a bit. He's got Almiron to supply him as well. Now, Almiron, yeah, he looks a good player. He, he is a good player. He's he's frustrated in a sense in the sort of second half of last season after we signed him in the sense he couldn't really score a lot of goals. Yeah. But if he's got Joe Linton to do that for him, I'm a little bit more confident. Yeah, he had a bad injury then he towards the back end of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is, it is a heart pick. You're right. But uh, he will start yeah. every game for the next month at least until, he's, <laughs> until he never scores. Uh, and that's more than... How much said. is he, sorry? Six million. Six, yeah. Yeah, so I, I looked, I looked at him and I looked at Wesley who's gone to Villa and thought they either of those could hit the ground run and I sort of went on Newcastle's fixtures over, over Villa's. I would, I, would have, I would have picked Joe Linton mm. yeah. over Wesley. He cost half a million more so I had to find some space somewhere. So I got rid of, uh, of Milivievich for T elements. Which I think was an improvement anyway. I mean, mm. Palace do not look good, especially if they actually do sell Zaha. Yeah. God knows what's going to happen to but that yeah. team. Well, he is probably literally the only one who would score Milivojevic because yeah. of penalties. But yeah, yeah, but I just don't see him getting in the box no, now. That's, that, that, that's that, a good change there, that, getting Tillemans in. I thought so. Yeah, my other change I was really happy with as well because I had Ward Prowse in just because he was six million and now I've put in Barkley, who's actually going to be taking penalties. Nice. And stuff, so. You've made some good changes. I know. Mate. I'm really happy with that yeah. team, and uh, that optimism is only going to last a week. Are you one of the wi- winners of the window? Do you think so far? <laughs> I I like to think so. I mean, that optimism is not going to last long, but uh, my team's looking all right at the moment. So, fingers crossed. I've somehow got a million to spare, so I'm guessing... What? I'm don't, don't no one does that. What are you doing? <laughs> Pochettino? <laughs> who, have I, who have I taken out that's freed up this uh, million? But... Start the season with money in this the This is like... I'm not starting... <laughs> the, no, I won't be starting the season with money in the back. Don't worry about that. Once Zaha leaves this team, it's going to be an eight million picks going straight into that midfield. Oh, so, okay. um, I'm looking forward to that. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva's a little... little um, He's, he's quite cheap, is he? Yeah, he's a million. You can fit yeah. him in. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Little, so, little we're doing your team. I was almost going to say, I was almost going to make that change before we got to this point in, but I think I'd kind of mentioned I had one man city player on my team, so I was like, right, okay, I'll hold off. <laughs> Next week, guys, you'll see Silver in that team. But now, okay. Silver dies. Looking forward to that. Uh, so I thought we'd finish the show with some questions, some user questions for Neil. Uh, put out a tweet yesterday. Got four questions for you. Uh, first one: Will Brewster score fifteen goals this season? Fifteen goals. <laughs> it's probably a short answer. Yeah, that's no, no. <laughs> um, only, only if there's an injury, uh, a, you know, a, a long injury for Firmino. I don't see him playing enough games, starting enough games to get fifteen. But you'll, you'll score goals. He's that's his. That's his. Um, his mo. He's a penalty box player. So, yeah, I think. Well, I think we'll see Rian Brewster score goals this season. But fifteen might be a bit of a stretch. Um, someone called Bruce Stark says, "Will he get a chance in the first team?" Do you think? It's, is it actually Rian Bruce Stark? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, he'll he'll get a chance in the squad. Yeah, and as, as I say, it depends a little bit on on injuries. It depends a little bit on form. But I think 
in terms of his ability, you know, he's 19 now and he's he's waited long enough for for some appearances. So I think we'll see him we'll see him before the end of August playing as uh, making his Premier it's League. It's nice debut. to see players like you know thrown into those situations like yeah. an injury. You Rash- know. Rashford's a great example. Yeah. Isn't he, you know? Um, I, I'd love to see it really I mean you don't wish bad injuries on anyone else but it's like at the same time it's the, when those opportunities come you don't want you don't want Brewster you know spending two three seasons on the bench for Liverpool it'd be nice to see him getting out there yeah um, a third question are there any indications that there will be any incoming signings before the window ends not the moment no it's um, it's very quiet obviously what is it, a week to the to the deadline as we're, as we're recording this it's um I mean, all the indications from Liverpool were that it was going to be a quiet summer. I mean, I think we were reporting it as far back as March that you know Liverpool weren't going to spend big. I still expect them to spend a, a bit bigger than they have. You know, they've bought you know seventeen year old and sixteen year old, but I don't at the moment see you know any obvious sort of routes that that Liverpool are going to go down. I still think they probably could do with a fullback as cover, someone experienced that God knows who. But and I still think they could do with a forward as I mentioned earlier. But at the moment, it's looking a little bit quiet. And while everyone else is getting excited about the transfers, Liverpool fans are just getting frustrated and, and annoyed. Um, but Liverpool's way generally hasn't been to do stuff on deadlines. I think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's the only player that they've signed. You know, around that time, I know they tried to buy a couple of others last oh, that that summer. Mm. In terms of um, Thomas Lamar was one, but I think it'll uh, it'll be a surprise signing if it, if it's anyone. Uh, last question isn't actually much of a question. It says, this is genuinely the worst pre-season I've ever watched for Liverpool, which feels a little bit like hyperbole, but yeah. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Is yeah. it the worst pre-season you can remember for Liverpool? Um, no, I remember what, I remember watching Liverpool get beat by Mainz 5-0 uh, <laughs> at a time when Rafa Benitez was the manager. I think it was 2006, I think it was. I think they just won the FA Cup and they were beating 5-0 away at Mainz with a fair... I mean, Steven Gerrard played. I know that. Jamie Carragher played. And... Might be a young fan. It felt that. like that. I can remember them getting beaten by Espanyol. Lots of lots of games where you go, "Whoa, Liverpool don't look anything re- like ready." They had a poor tour of America, but without you know the front three and the best goalkeeper. So I think you have to caveat it heavily. They still won. They won quite well against Lyon on Wednesday. They've won the first two games, Bradford and um, Tranmere. So I don't think it's the worst preseason I've ever seen for Liverpool. It's not the best, but no. not the worst. That's, it. That's a good answer. Who your fa- Who do you think has had the best preseason? Then, sort of generally, like clubs or players. Do you think anyone's really stood out for you? Um, or is uh, it hard to judge? It's hard to judge. I mean, I, I, you you miss a lot of it as well because I was obviously over in the states at Liverpool, so there was games going on in Australia and Singapore and all these places. So you sort of you 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 catch up with little snippets and you just see the sort of clips on Twitter yeah. of you know Harry Kane scoring from the halfway line and whatever else happening. So I couldn't I couldn't tell you decisively. I mean, who's had the best one for Liverpool then? Best preseason for Liverpool. Yeah, good question. You look at you look at Brewster started the, the preseason pretty well, but I look I look at the lads who, who needed games. So someone like Oxley Chamberlain who needed to play and have a full preseason. Someone like Lallana who needed to, to to get some fitness in. That's that's the bonus for Liverpool. Um, you look at you look at the younger lads as well who've come in. Harvey Elliott, Keanu Hoover. Um, you know, Yasser Larusi who, who suffered a, a bad, you know, a bad tackle, if you can call it that, in, in the States. <laughs> a hack. Yeah, just got his leg volleyed. But um, I look at, the, they're the ones who've benefited most in the pre-season. Liverpool's, Liverpool's star names haven't really had a pre-season in terms of Salah, Firmino, Mane, Alisson. Um, so it's been difficult to judge. It's been a bit of a, a bit of a mixed one. Okay. But um, I think, I think, 
the signs against Lyon were positive and we'll see in the Community Shield on Sunday. Yeah. We asked uh, listeners who they thought had had the best preseason. We had a, a mix of answers, really. There wasn't really an outstanding winner. Mason Greenwood was mentioned. Yeah. Scott McTominay has mentioned before. Pepe, just I guess by virtue of being linked with this massive money move, <laughs> was mentioned as yeah. someone who's had a great group. summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big pay rise. Uh, Ross Barkley is probably the one yeah. that I would agree most with. I think it certainly stood out. Yeah, what I've seen, uh, what I saw of the game last night, the Chelsea game, and obviously I saw the free kick he put in, and I've just just see, seeing the reports from from Naz and people like that who's saying that he looks sharper and stronger. He, he seems like he's had a decent uh, decent go. Raheem Sterling as well seems to have scored a couple for Man City. Kevin De Bruyne has looked decent, back to his sort of best potential. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> we did have one tweet from someone called As the Customer, who replied with, I've been playing too much Minecraft, so I didn't have time to watch the matches. Honest and fair, I guess. Why, I think why tweet? <laughs> I'm glad, glad, glad he involved himself in the, in the discussion. <laughs> but thank you for getting in touch, everyone, and thank you for joining us, Neil. Yeah, no problem. Show. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts on your favourite platform. Leave a review if you liked it. And if you didn't, what are you still doing here? Check out Goal for your daily dose of football news from the Premier League and around the world. Thanks for listening.